Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy Tactics back in my own crib. Yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> this is Just Darcy in the new crib. And I'm Big Geek Umar. My crib is always the same. How y'all doing? <laughs> good, man. Good. And just like let that down with the last one there, you know? <laughs> I'm a Hufflepuff. What can I say? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Umar, what's on the agenda for today? Okay, so we we do have some uh, uh, some geeky news to go through. Uh, a lot of cast, uh, a couple of casting stuff that happened this past week, and also, and this will be uh, later on in, in the podcast. I finally saw Extraction, so we can discuss that at last. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, first bit of news is uh, I'm not sure if you guys uh, have been keeping up or knew about it, but um, they casted Miss Marvel uh, for the uh, the new Disney Plus uh, Marvel series called Ms. Marvel. And uh, yeah, uh, she's someone... Uh, did, you guys knew about that, right? I you, you messaged the group chat and I, that's how I found out about it. And then I, and then I Googled it and I'm like, oh... She's Canadian. She's brown. The cast looks like it's brown. When the casting call went out, they asked for a bunch of brown people. I'm like, dope. That sounds good. That's what I know. <laughs> how, about, how about you, T? I had, I, I'm going to be honest. I did not really prepare for this uh, podcast here today. So <laughs> I'm going in blind. So yeah, I did not know. You didn't read my post, did you? I, uh, let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you be busy. You be busy. I get it. So, uh, okay. So, for this, I'm going to have to say this is like my, uh, this is for me like Black Panther casting slash like Luke Cage uh, sort of thing. Like this has been something that I've been worried about and I've been stressing over because honestly, did you guys have any kind of understanding of who the character is? Just out of curiosity. My only understanding of this character came yeah, from... No, actually, um, you, 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 you thought I was just going to say when I Googled it, like, like two seconds ago. No, my only understanding is because of the Marvel video game that's come out and I've watched different people when at a boredom, like play the game a little bit. Gotcha. Seen her in that. And then I'm like, oh, she's stretchy. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's all I know. Okay. All right. So I, I always get confused with like Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel. I always think they're interchangeable and I'm like, oh, what? what? What's going on? Yeah. So look, uh. <laughs> I'm not going to go into like the long history of the Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel uh, situation, but um, basically, what we saw uh, in in uh, like Avengers uh, Endgame and also uh, Miss Mar- Captain Marvel, uh, that's like Brie Larson. That's kind of like the first Ms. Marvel that was like she was the one that uh, sto- uh, Rogue stole the powers, and that's how Rogue could fly around and have super strength and all that sort of stuff. Wait, so she she's Miss Marvel as well? No, no, no. That's that's just like I'm setting that up as like that's the character. Got you. The first character. Let's call her the first Miss Marvel. Okay. Motherfucker, that's what I just said. Is, I know, I know, is it Miss Marvel or? So she used to be Miss Marvel, and now she's Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, you see why I keep confusing the two? Like, <laughs> all I'm getting from this is Marvel needs to do a better job when they use their damn name and characters. Okay? Yeah, because wasn't it Captain? What wasn't Shazam also Captain Marvel? <laughs> yeah, it's, what is it's, going on over there with Marvel and DC, man? Yo, it's like I honestly like, like it's like okay, they they they, they got Sc- Scarlet Witch, they 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 got they got Black Widow, and then it's like okay, your female character was call you Marvel something, like this is Marvel in your name, like we're out of names for women or something, like relax. So, <laughs> so anyway, so Ms. Marvel, Captain Marvel, uh, Brie Larson is now Captain Marvel, so like that's the character. And then there's Marvel, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, there oh is. <laughs> I'm actually really proud of you right now. You have no idea. Stop we're using out of, Marvel in the name. We're out of names. What do we call it? Marvel? <laughs> Marvel. <laughs> oh, yes. The elegant version. <laughs> Perfect. So all those were white people. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> 
So, so the brown Marvel got it. Yeah, the brown Marvel. <laughs> the only ethnic Marvel. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, like, uh, like, let's say ten years ago. I think a little bit more than that. But like, um, Ms. Marvel entered the scene, and she was written by a uh, a, a Muslim woman who I think was a convert uh, into Islam, and so she wrote Ms. Marvel to be a, technically speaking, an inhuman. Because um, what they did in the comics is like in order to like I, I think like I think they were trying to I think it was one of the big crises they actually released the Terrigen Mist, which is what turned people into Inhumans into the world, and it just kind of like made a whole bunch of Inhumans, and she was one of them. So she was just like a stereotype, like she was like a everyday Pakistani American, like her parents immigrated from Pakistan, which is where my family uh, is from. Yeah, exactly. And like, uh, they immigrated over there. She was born and raised in America. And she, I think she goes to New York. And so she gets hit by this Terrigan mist and all of a sudden she gets all these powers and she actually is able to like, uh, stretch her arms. She's also able to like make parts of her body larger and depending on the size of like, say for example, she makes like a super uh, big arm. It grows in strength for how large it gets. And uh, I think she also can go like really small. And I think she has a couple other abilities. Like she, she got a good like heft of powers next to her. So, but the writing of the series by, uh, by the author was so on point for uh, like westernized raised Muslims, uh, Pakistani Muslims, especially. So, it was such a big thing for all of us to have someone to actually relate to. And, and the fact that she's also a woman and also the, the comic was critically acclaimed and the character was like, basically she's like at the level of Spider-Man in terms of how good of a person she is and how good of a hero she is. So yeah, like we were all really happy when this came out and like, she's come to like, all, she joined the Avengers at some point. She's like worked with uh, like all these other like heroes and the champions. It was like, she's uh, like, let's just say in the last like 10 years, she's, grew to be a big fan favorite so when it got announced that captain marvel was being done they're like okay if we do captain marvel we have to do ms marvel because the reason why she called herself ms marvel is because she's a huge fan of captain marvel mm. yeah so uh so when captain marvel did well they're like yo if we uh, and kevin feige was like hey by the way we're and this was very much after the success of black panther he was like hey so um we're going to do a Miss Marvel and everyone lost their fucking minds. But then everyone got suddenly very scared <laughs> and we're just like, Oh shit. What's going to happen. And then Mulan came out and everyone's like, Oh, what well, this is going to be bad. But Q2 this week, we get, uh, we get the casting news. She's Canadian. She's from Markham. Oh shit! Yeah, she's from Markham. She's eighteen, and she's of Pakistani descent. I'm waiting for you to say, "And she's my cousin." (laughs) (laughs) I would be so proud if she was. (laughs) Because it just it it kept getting closer, so I'm like, I'm not trying to be like any kind of way, but I'm like, it's getting so close. I'm like, I'm just waiting for that last (laughs) detail. And and but there was going to be a final thing in that, like, she was actually on uh, like a board of diversity for TIFF, like in terms of like the selection. So like, she's already kind of made like all these sorts of like she's 18 and she's made more gains in the industry than most people have at her age. And now she's cast as the lead for the Ms. Marvel Disney plus TV series. So we all flip and we feel pretty happy about that. Like my comic book store, like the one that I go to all the time, they were interviewed uh, recently because they're like, Hey, you know, how does it feel? And it was like, yo, we're, we're all really happy. I wish they had been there when I was there, but whatever, I could have been interviewed, but it doesn't matter. Oh, com- completely, completely. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, you know about the Geeky Boys pro- pro- podcast? There it is. There it is. That's, <laughs> what, that's what I was waiting for. That's what I was waiting for. But, um, the other thing that also came out recently was because all we've heard regarding Ms. Marvel before the news about, uh, uh, I think her name is uh, Imam Valeni, uh, before that uh, casting got called, all we knew was the dudes from Bad Boys for Life, the directors for them, who just happened to be like Muslims, they were the th- they were attached to it, and everyone was like. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were just like, so Mulan just came out and they just made those guys the showrunners. Turns out they're just directors for a couple of some of the episodes. 
Mm. The showrunner is actually another Muslim woman who I think she's like a like a Oscar-winning uh, documentarian. And they got another uh, director who's like done like small like sort of stuff to also be a, a director. So like we have a uh, we have a Muslim showrunner and writer, and uh, a, a couple female Muslim directors and those two guys who did a bad boys for life who are also muslim so gotcha. right now we are happy we are very happy with what's happening right now and so you said this is disney marvel right yeah disney plus disney plus it's in disney plus but it's a marvel property like it's under yeah. kevin feige yeah, yeah. Like, I, I feel you in all the mulan statements by all means but at the same time if it's under kevin feige i have way more faith than if it was under somebody else from disney because uh their track record's been spotty recently yeah. i mean uh, mandalorian great everything else <laughs> <laughs> and uh also what's really nice to hear is that the thing is like um what's her name brie larson is like i would gladly have her join my next movie or like have her be kind of like instigated in that movie just so we can like jump off into uh the tv series i was or like vice versa and i'm like Yo, are you saying that like, Brie Larson is trying to bring, like, either be in uh, the Disney Plus series or bring the girl into her movie? Because, yeah, I mean, I just want to see more of that. I mean, like, we're already getting, you know, um, you know, a bunch of characters, right, that are transferring from the movie into the into the series. And I would love for them to start a series. So, you know, you don't do a giant movie for somebody, but you do a series. You start that character, you build them up, and they're still in the universe. There's no separation like what we had with the Defenders and all of those characters, right, where they were clearly separated. Um, you you know, the Avengers? No, the defenders. The uh, oh, like, right, 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 gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just trying to not say all their names. I remember every single one. So like the defenders. So obviously <laughs> all four of them. Um, but yeah, like having them start in a, in in a Disney Plus and then move into the the movies. I think it'd be great because let's say you have a character, you do you do like a season and you do a second season, and then all of a sudden they show up in like Spider Man something, and you're like, oh, this like you have so much context for these characters, and over a period of time, and you don't have to like you can just introduce them right when you need them and you don't yeah. have to like do an origin film and all that kind of stuff because yeah. you, you've, you've established it over like a couple of years right so yeah and yeah so like i'm just i'm just happy like we're this like as of right now things look very promising J- just as promising as when we found out about the whole cast and behind the scenes uh, cast for uh black panther yeah yeah I'm actually thinking like with Black Panther, because it's been a while now when we we, we first got the one character introduced um, through Civil War. Yeah. But at that point, did we know much or was that like a secret character? Like how Spider-Man no, no, no. We, we knew Black Panther was going to be in it. And we, we also knew that they were making a movie. Because it's been so long. I can't remember if we felt worried about that character at that time. You know, we like coming in. We were very worried. We were yeah. all very. T, were you worried about Black Panther? Because I was definitely. No, I wasn't. I just don't. (laughs) No, go go ahead, T. Sorry, I didn't cut you off there. No, I do have a question for you, though, Umar. Um, So you mentioned that uh, this new show is being the showrunner is Muslim. You said, right? Yeah. Now, uh, I know you've been very vocal in terms of, for example, with uh, the movie Aladdin um, and how um, it was uh, directed by was it Guy Pierce? Guy Rich. Guy Rich, right? Yeah. The guy who did Snatch. <laughs> so, it, so is your issue more so uh, like Caucasians taking on culture type um, uh, properties in that regard? Like in terms, yeah. Of, like, yeah okay, yeah, because like if you have like a white person doing a culturally like specific film, mm-hmm. it's like okay, if the writer is really good and there's someone on set with him to be like, dude, you got to do it this way, or mm-hmm. you got to do it this way. That's one thing. Because like, even with a good script, if you get the intonations and the behaviors and the chemistry wrong, then you're going to miss the whole point. Like, move mm-hmm. on is kind of a perfect example because that had a white director doing it. And you're just like, Ugh. that would explain some of the awkwardness when they were doing any, any and all of the um, you know, cultural scenes. Mm. But um, like, if you... My problem is like if you're not going to get like fine, I'm I'm really really happy they've gone with a Muslim woman because mm-hmm. we kind of need more of that uh, mm-hmm. kind of like diversity. But also, they're able to kind of like 
get out like look at what wonder woman got like we were able to get certain scenes out from uh patty jenkins uh with, with gal gadot that like i never thought possible that i, I would have been like oh that would have been too preachy or that would have been like you know uh too over the head it was subtle enough that is it, it gets the point across so for me i just I feel if you're going to do a specifically cultural behavior and also be just like a cultural mm-hmm. aspect uh, uh, that's the defining characteristic of the film, mm-hmm. maybe best to have that culture in charge of it. Uh, unless, of course, like you have someone like, say, for example, the director was a white dude who grew like he was raised by a Muslim family because I don't know, he was an orphan. And so that was the only one who took him in. So he has like a very deep understanding because he was raised in it. Fine. Uh, that w- uh, like, If I heard that Guy Ritchie had some specifically uh, <laughs> like uh, South Asian uh, level of uh, upbringing and that's why he decided to do Aladdin, I'll be like, okay. But his the proof of it that it didn't work and also he shouldn't have been doing the film anyway. Like, I don't know why he thought he could do a musical that had to, that was set in like the Middle East. Okay, so Darcy, I have the same question in regards to uh, Black Panther. Okay, I was like, and... you asked me some question about bre- being brown. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm like, do I'm tell, Darcy. Do I'm tell. Like, I'm just, I'm just out. I'm just gonna sink into my chair, and we good. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. So my my question is is similar, but in in regards to Black Panther and how it was directed by Ryan Coogler, who is not African per se. I mean, he's black, but even then. He went out and did his own research. Like they went to Africa and they they got immersed in the culture and really got a <clears throat> a feel for how they wanted to depict the movie. So, um, based on the question that I asked Umar, is it, it do you have the same sentiment in in that regard? In terms of would you have would you have preferred that Black Panther was directed by someone of color like like Ryan Coogler, or does it matter? And, you know, if a Caucasian director made the movie, would it have made a difference or impacted your your opinion on it in, in any way? So so I'll, I'll jump first. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's a couple of layers because like so <clears throat> I love Black Panther and I think that it's vitally important that 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 movie was made by people of color. I think it's vitally important for that movie. Mm-hmm. There's something interesting that came out of this, though, like um there was a lot of international love but there were also people from africa different countries and whatnot who also felt like the movie um uh didn't fully get the mark on a lot of specific cultural pieces right because ryan coogler is an american Mm -hmm. and didn't grow up in africa there's many things that that probably came across a little stereotyped right Mm -hmm. Um, to those individuals and i i had family members who expressed certain things to me and so the thing though is that regardless there was a, an underlying tone to the story that would never have come through in that movie if it wasn't for one being people of color specifically black people of color and specifically black americans there mm-hmm. as much as they're not going to get all the african things right especially when you're taking elements of Africa and then inventing a country that doesn't exist and then mm-hmm. bringing things together. I think <clears throat> like, well, people in this country don't speak exactly like this. Like, well, they're not supposed to, cause they're not actually from that country. Mm-hmm. They're from take this, take that and mix it together. But the one thing that was super vital to this movie that I loved was the whole underlying statement of what, how do black people in America or North America feel in relation to Africa and being feeling abandoned from, well, white people took took us and did this, but black people didn't come and save us. So we have from Africa. So we have this this issue, which is the whole Killmonger character and the the conflict that that T'Challa has to deal with amongst that conversation. They don't solve it, but they start it right mm-hmm. and so you won't get that conversation 
if you're not a black person in America and deal with these emotions mm-hmm. in, underneath the surface, you won't get that story. You're going to mm-hmm. get something, you know, like just generic about if you don't understand it. Like maybe, mm-hmm. again, Gumar said, if you're not of that race, but you grew up with that race, you might get it. Mm-hmm. But there's still a level of it that you won't get to touch on because even though you've seen everybody around you deal with that racial issue, you didn't directly 100% experience that racial issue. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to have the depth of the emotions to know that at this moment you wanted to play it this way and, and tell the story this way because you haven't felt it enough to, to be able to do it. So I think it's 100% vital. And even in its imperfect state, um, I think we wouldn't have got anywhere close to it if mm-hmm. we did so that, like, kind of like going back uh, a little piggybacking on that darcy like what we like we didn't know this until recently because of uh unfortunately the passing of chad uh chadwick boseman but we found out ryan coogler was in deep conversation with him like they were trying to make a lot of like they both were coming at it from their points of view and trying to capture as many things as they experience but also mm-hmm. what they know happens and mm-hmm. like what they know that happens to their family and friends and they were trying to put as much of those points in mm-hmm. to the film to kind of make it more richer mm-hmm. i'm not saying that a, a a caucasian or a non uh person of color of that particular uh color or uh group directing it wouldn't have allowed conversation but like it would have been more like tell me Tell me, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. not a dialogue where you're able to kind of get the nuances necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. How about you, uh, Tax? Like, uh, the same question to you. Like, uh, what do you feel about that? No, I, I I definitely agree with both of you guys in in the sense of like I just think back to like Boys in the Hood, for example. I couldn't like I haven't watched that film over and over again. I couldn't imagine a Caucasian person directing that film because it goes back to what you what you just said umar in terms of like it's a matter of telling me about the experience rather than living the experience and display and showing the the experience right it's like you know yes you're white maybe you've grown up in the hood and you know what that's like because you're in that environment but like darcy was saying there's layers to that experience of being in the hood like the 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 experience that you get as a white person in the hood i'm sure is vastly different than how you how it is for a black person, right? And so <clears throat> when you get that that visceral experience firsthand and then you're showing it, it comes off in a much deeper rooted um, way uh, in terms of the message that you're trying to convey, right? And so it's, it, it's when it's on the other side and it's a white person or just a, a, a like a person that's not a minority telling the story it's 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 almost like regurgitation right it's like it's it's being spoon-fed and then you're kind of telling it based off of your interpretation of that experience rather than how it actually is based off of emotions and things of that nature so yeah i i definitely agree with that i, I feel like <clears throat> Black Panther, for example, because I connect, I connect so much with that, much, much like Darcy, I feel <clears throat> was a lot more impactful because of the fact that it was directed by a person of color. Even though Ryan Coogler isn't uh, like African, yeah. you know, the, the the fact that he he still gets it from the like certain la- there's certain layers and elements that are still included in the movie because it means that much more because of how powerful and how impactful that that movie was it's it's showing uh it's showing minority like black people as represented as like kings and royalty which is something that was a very rare thing that ever that didn't really happen in the movie industry right and so like a lot of people weren't seeing that we were we were often being depicted as gangsters or you know like people from the hood or like drug dealers or whatever the case may be right so to see that and to see that representation is so much more impactful especially considering who's behind the film right I want to, if if you guys don't mind, I want to ask another question before we move on. What were both of your views on Luke Cage this series? Um, interesting. Like, I liked it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, but there were moments that just kind of fell flat for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like. You asked me that, and it's like it's been a while since I watched it, so like I don't have it much much to memory. Um, 
I had, I had another point I want to throw in the last thing, but I'll let T throw his thoughts out on, on Luke Cage first. Um, yeah, I, I, same with uh, Darcy. I don't really remember a whole lot of it. I just remember that it it at times it was it stayed very current in the in the sense of I think the first season was right around the time of uh, Trayvon Martin or or shortly after yeah. and they they did an episode. Um, the second season. The second, the second season, started, second season, I think it was the second season. Maybe, maybe it could have been the first, but he started. Mm-hmm. I think it was the second because he came in wearing a hoodie. With a hoodie, yeah. And it was the whole thing about they were shooting at him, and he's wearing the hoodie, and he was bulletproof. And mm-hmm. it was the contrast between that and the, what happened to Trayvon Martin. Like there was a lot of good stuff in the the the, the show. It kind of fell flat with certain villains in certain moments, mm-hmm. especially when it came to like wearing a suit or something like that. That you know, like a lot of times they just fall flat. You're like, uh, and now we're gonna put on the suit, and you're like, oh okay, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work, right? So. Um, but you mind if I switch back to the thing I was going to say before? For sure, for sure. So, piggybacking on what Tactic was saying about um, Boys in the Hood and stuff I was saying earlier, think of when you're like in grade three or four and the teacher's like, you need to write a little like story, right? And when you're a child and you don't have a lot of experience, don't have a lot of like stories in your own life, you write things in either a very people speak in a lot of exposition or yeah. they're very descriptive in like the moments require these big setups, right? These like events to happen. If you want to depict like a realistic experience of say, and I've never lived this, but like say like a, a gangster experience, it's not a lot of times you see in the movie, they'll set up where it's like this thing happens and this big giant <laughs> thing. Like there's all these moments that like, they're very like you can, you can play them out. You can see exactly what's going to happen before they happen. But in more likely in re- reality, it's going to be a normal day with normal conversation where something starts to shift and things start to change. And if you don't have those experiences, if what those things, how they happen, you write them in a way that where you're trying to emulate off of other people's experiences versus what your experience is like. If you want to just describe what like every day and then racism happens in a movie, you need to know what a normal like what that person's life would have been like when those moments happen they can draw for them because those days where they experience like every day i've experienced racism they don't i I didn't like go out of my house and it was like blatantly obvious that today is going to be a racist day and we could we could track all these experiences back to when this happens that usually comes out of nowhere and when you write that story like if you see um fruitville station you know michael b jordan and and ryan coogler's like first big film Everything about that that film, you know what's coming, but everything about it is like a normal life. Everything is like super normal until it leads to the moment where everything becomes abnormal and flips mm-hmm. upside down and becomes a horrible, horrible end to a film uh, and an important story to tell. And, you know, if you're going to try to tell the nuances of being a brown person, you're going to be like, okay, how do I tell this moment where a brown person deals with this and this and this with say in their family? Okay. I got to set this up. The mother does this. And it's like more likely your mother just says that to you randomly on the cuff on the way out the door. You don't set up this giant thing where she makes this thing, makes this point where you feel this emotion about, you know, the thing that mothers always say to you in this culture (laughs) bothers you you wouldn't you don't set that up it just happens it's part of life and i don't know that's my whole thing is like you're gonna hurt a child you know no no, i completely agree because like uh, like it's not like we are there's not a lot of it but it's not like we haven't had uh depictions of brown people uh in america and like growing up in america but the thing is they've always been kind of like tailored over from the perspective of the outside trying to act like they're on the inside it's like oh well you know i knew this kid who was indian or i knew this kid who was pakistani and like you know their parents would let, let them do that and so like <laughs> they they write it from that perspective so like mm-hmm. they they try to fill in the gaps that way but i see what you're saying like someone from from the same background or from a similar background would be able to understand, especially from like growing up in America and the, the individual, like Ms. Marvel, for example, like as we're, as we're discussing, she's born and raised in America, but she has parents who are immigrants. Mm-hmm. So like, it makes sense that you would get people who are either children of immigrants themselves or had to actually raise, like be raised in America. So they have that level of a cultural understanding to fill in the gaps and to make the conversation, just like you say, not just be placed, but be like a, a story of it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah the, the reason I posed the question is because I was watching John Campia and he was talking briefly about it in regards to um, like race and directors, you know, directing movies um, that are outside of their race in a sense. And um, John Campia brought up the point about how if we start bickering over, you know, for example, if a white person were to do Black Panther or a white person do Mulan or whatever the case may be, then it now kind of raises the an additional argument on the other side where if like a white person is like looking at this and be like, okay, well, what like then if that's the case, then there should be a rule that suggests that, you know, minorities can't direct, you know, you know, like Captain America or you I know, Spider-Man or whatever the case may be. But to both of your points, and I guess mine as well, it's not so much about the race, it's about the culture. And it's like Captain America isn't rooted in like a, a culture. It's just, he's just a white American. You know what I mean? If it'd be different if it was like, we're talking about, you know, the Godfather, which is rooted in like Italian culture in a sense, right? Where it's like, you know, a black person probably wouldn't be the best for that, for that kind of movie. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he could, yeah. but you know it's he's not you can't really relate to that you know what i mean so uh it, for me I, like I, I i agree with you guys it's more so about the the culture i i see the i see the point and it is that that is a person of privilege clearly making that statement yeah because, yeah yes. like, that's, that's a white guy not like he, he's speaking like all lives matter He's speaking so simplistically, you know. Or yeah. if he's like, okay, if the n-word is wrong for me to say, but like other people can use it, then shouldn't it mean that everyone can't use it? It's yeah. like, oh, well, so just because you're being excluded from something, that means everyone can't have it. Mm -hmm. But like, I can see the point in that. Yes, if we're discussing that people of like, but the thing is, we're making a cultural film of a minority group mm -hmm. that in a time when cultural films aren't exactly done well, or if they're done well, like it's begrudgingly or barely it's like a lot of these films that we're discussing it's like they were good because a they're like one of the only ones out mm -hmm. so like, there's like, they're like before comic book movies became such a rage we had what like five comic book movies and like we held on to them <laughs> despite like no matter how bad they were we held on to them so it's it's kind of similar work in a cultural film that defines cultural stereotypes mm -hmm. like before um like crouching tiger hidden dragon made it big or uh I, i'm trying to remember what was after that but nonetheless like we had the joy luck club for 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 people of asian descent like when um crazy rich asians came out like i know a mm -hmm. lot of people had some problems with it but at the same time they were saying like we don't really have much else yeah, uh, yeah. so if we're going to start beginning to create cultural films that showcase a specific culture maybe not having white people do that on as well is probably like yeah we can if you get a uh, cultural individual to write the film that's better than nothing but uh, as we've discovered films are successful with the combination of mm -hmm. writer director and actors all working together yeah and it's a misguided representation of the culture because i know umar you had an issue with aladdin I didn't because I don't know much about the culture. So I'm watching this assuming, oh, okay, that's how shit really is. And you're like, no, it's not. And I'm like, my bad. So, <laughs> like, you know, it's, I, like I, I get where you're what, like the, the, the passion now, because it's like, if a person, you know, came and like completely botched um, Black Panther, going back to that example. And I know uh, Darcy, you mentioned that some people had some issues with the representation of it. You know, again, we have to keep in mind that this is a, like a fantasy film you know it's not yeah. it's not real i mean there are it's rooted in some sort of reality but um yeah if they completely like you know disrespected or botched the 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 culture and you know they're presenting it in a way that comes off authentic and then people are watching these movies thinking oh that's how you know africa really is and 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 whatnot and it was it's wrongfully depicted then it just sends the wrong message and you know it's a lot of confusion across the board i want to throw something out here though it's that it's not just about culture and it's not just about gender so let, let me make this like take this like abstract for a second if you were going to make a movie like interstellar right yeah. where the movie is heavy about science the yeah. word i'm going to use for this is it's nuanced in science if you make a movie that is like 
a dumb apocalyptic film that is supposed to be fun and dumb, then it's not nuanced in science. So in the difference between those two films, one, you can just make up stuff that's very expo- exposition and very dumb and like descriptive and like just doesn't have much depth to it because it's supposed to be. People know, oh, I'm buying into a fun, everything's going to blow up kind of film, right? But, it, but if you're going to do Interstellar, you need, yeah, Fast Fears, you need to, you, he hired, he had a scientist who worked with him who wouldn't let him go too far outside the realms of science. If you're going to do a nuanced film or you're going to do a film that your audience who's wanting to buy into this says, you know what, I'm a female. You're going to take a big female idol. I really want to feel represented. So you're, so someone's coming and you're saying, hey, look, you know, I want to buy a car, okay? And I really want to have nice leather seats. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to give you leather seats because I don't want to. Then the, the customer's going to be unhappy. Mm-hmm. So oh. in this case of the movie, you want the nuance of a female director because it's important. You want female writer and representation because the nuance of the film requires it. In this case, culture is the nuance that is important mm. to the film. It is not to say that white people can't direct black people and black people can't direct white people. That's just a simplistic, dumbass, racist <laughs> mindset that's like being held down because... People are like, oh, you're taking away my toys and I can't have them, right? So everyone doesn't get toys. It's like, it, it's 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 about the nuance of what is important in the yeah. film and what, you know, you, to make the best product, switch it up. Don't just go to the old boys club of the friends that you know and say, hey, you've always done great films. You can do another great film. We'll just get somebody to write it. And it's like, yeah, but none of these people understand the nuance and you're disservicing your customer because your customer is expecting something of nuance and also, and also we've gone past the level of like show like let's look use aladdin for an example like they and, and uh they like actually also use crazy rich asians like um they hired uh asian actors yeah but like a lot of people were upset that they weren't like choosing people like from singapore uh, or like um, that sort of stuff. They, they got like Chinese people to fill in for like Japanese people, and they're just like, just because they look Asian, they're like put them in the film. And nowadays, that's not like from apparently Black Panther felt the same way, and Aladdin definitely we, uh, people felt the same way. But also then again, they also painted a few people uh, brown just to you know skirt them by. Uh, so like they, yeah, they did, did a brown face. Oh damn! I didn't see it. <laughs> I feel bad. I missed it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I missed I, I'm glad to say that they weren't like the main actors, but like still, like let's just say that like some people were not, you know. So none and oh, it's I'm just googling it now. I'm like who's brown face? So all, all I'm saying is like, um, it's fine if because like that's not to say that a white person couldn't possibly direct any of these cultural films but we're not saying you're like you can't do it we're saying you're not going to do a good job of it especially if it's specifically cultured uh because that's something like people want to see and they they don't want a whitewashed version of it because they're not seeing themselves in it they're seeing how you see us yeah yeah, I mean, if you, a good example for people to look at, I mean, it's more work than a lot of these films will ever put in, but you look at, um, oh my God, I forget the name of the film. It was a Pixar film based in Mexico. Um, Coco. Coco. Like, the detail that they went into in terms, of, in, in terms of research about the, the culture, a lot mm-hmm. of the people making that film are not Mexican, right? Yeah. But they had a co-director who was Mexican, even though it was mainly directed by a white guy. I think if I remember my details correctly, and it's just like you put you put people in, you get experts, right? You know, you don't you, you when you got to go in for special surgery, you get the special special surgeon. You know, mm-hmm. you don't you don't just put your general doctor in and be like, yeah, yeah. good luck, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, he's never done this before. You know, <laughs> neurosurgeon is you know not a special field or anything, yeah. but you know, throw the guy who just doles out medicine every week, right? You know, like you 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 got to bring the right people to the to to the right job, and they don't bring the right people to the right job, and then they want to paint these simple brushes like oh yeah well only black people can direct black people which is actually a like racist limiting factor because like great now how many black films are you going to do right oh yeah. well, you know like mm-hmm. it's, it's just another way to the, for them to control shit 
Anyways, uh, I digress. Now, getting too intense with this. Yeah. So uh, moving moving on, but uh, so uh, another piece of news that we found out very recently was that Jamie Foxx and potentially potentially uh, Andrew Garfield, but Jamie Foxx officially has been confirmed to be in the third Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. Now this is big news because. Uh, Jamie Foxx was Electro, and he's playing Electro again in the Spider-Man 3, but he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. And that was a completely different universe. I think no, man. If they they watching this podcast, they know about that movie. <laughs> or or not. We don't know. Uh, but, but but nonetheless, like so this is a big deal because yo, do you guys think that they're actually hinting that we're gonna get the multiverse in the third one? Oh my god, are they going to bring in Miles Morales? Well, they already brought in uh, J. Jonah Jameson, and he's from, he's supposed to be from the Tony, or not Tony, uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man. He's the I same. I did not even click that in. He's yeah. the same character. Yep. So I was just yeah. so happy to have J.K. Simmons back. I just stopped it right there. I'm like, oh my God, he's back. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's, he's from the same universe. It's just like they, they explained that it was just an older version of him. They were actually going to, um, there was a story that was out where they were saying that they were actually going to still use the um, the hairpiece, but they just didn't have it. They didn't have it in time, so they just ended up going with the look of like him being bald or whatever. So, but it's the same, same dude, same dude from the same universe. I wonder if they'll do. This is going to be kind of weird, but like what they're going to do the Flashpoint kind of stuff that they did with the TV CW thing and mm-hmm. b- better. But like when when they. They had that multiverse thing going on with all the Spider-verse? CW shows. Oh, no, no, the CW shows, and and they collapsed it at the end, and they made like one Earth out of it, and then certain people from other Earths ended up on the main Earth, so they could bring the characters together, right? I wonder if when the snap happened, if there'd be some kind of like that has something to do with it, because he's already mm. there. Like like the 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 J. Jonas Jameson is already there, and we haven't delved into you know all the Scarlet Witch stuff that could that could happen. So I'm just wondering if like more has happened with the snap than we know. Like, and they'll they'll find some way to back fill so that you, information. That's actually a very interesting idea. So you're you're suggesting that possibly they are like the people that uh, that Hulk brought back are not actually from the same universe. That it's not perfectly identical right like that would be fascinating i wouldn't say that like every person is from a different different universe it's more like he when he when half of everybody in existence went out it wasn't just half of everybody in their universe it was half of everybody in all universes and in the multiverse and when it collapsed back maybe it it consolidated to one because that makes that makes sense because thanos when he wiped away everyone the first time he had the gauntlet and the gauntlet was like like perfected it was like kind of like the like he was able to use it like individually and not have it like tear him asunder but with tony's version with the nanotech that was imperfect it was hurting everyone who's uh holding it at all times including thanos so that Wait, what do you mean? It, was, it was hurting him because okay so when hulk was using it it was like electrocuting him the whole time same thing oh, with okay yeah and yeah. same thing with um with uh tony uh, with tony but when thanos did it at the same time just uh, just before what's her name um captain marvel takes his hand and starts like bending his fingers when he was holding it it was also like electrocuting him at the same time and he was about to snap his fingers while that was happening so that shows that the gauntlet wasn't fully in tune with what uh, they needed it to do yeah I mean, no matter how we analyze it, we know that like Tony Stark's glove is not going to be as good as what what the, it was meant to be in, right? Like, yeah. it is a fallback plan, right, uh, or fallback tool. So, like, yeah, I I just wonder if there's something to that effect. And I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. I loved uh, I love them. Um, I even still like Amazing Spider-Man too, despite. It's it's issues, right? Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like that rhino is a complete waste of time. Like, I'm like, yeah. you, you could you could have skipped that whole guy because he did nothing for the film. You literally, just could have taken the rhino out and just had regular bank robbers, and that would have been a totally fine way to start the film. And Agreed. you would never had to bring him back. Agreed. And like, and they definitely didn't need to rush the goblin. It should have just been all about Electro and maybe a touch of Goblin. You know, yeah. setting up for a third film uh, would have been a much better film. 
but everything with uh the him and and and, and Emma Stone is just like unbelievable. Perfection. Unbelievable. I would I mourned for two weeks that <laughs> scene. It took oh. me two weeks to shed the emotions from that scene, how good that scene was for me. I still haven't seen that scene again, like since we saw it in oh. theaters. I'm like, I can't go through that again. That scene got up there with like the fresh prince like father not showing up scene and how emotional it was for me. And that scene still makes me cry. So um I, it, I was fine with this. <laughs> I'm good. It was unexpected. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I, yeah. like I, you, we all knew it was coming. Yeah, we didn't know it was going to happen that way. Like, yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was how it was played and all the stuff in the, in the movie. But there's still so much good in that movie, even though the, the story stuff was stupid. A lot of the Spider-Man moments, like you know the, the like the the whole spider web thing in Times Square, like. But on that was so good. It was so well done, right? It's just unfortunate. There's so much good in the film, and then there was like just too much stuff in the film. But I'd be excited to see him come in. I would be excited to see some kind of multiverse. I think him and Tom Holland would be a lot of fun. I think that they that would, would be awesome. They would do so good because like they're. I think they're just both class acts, and I think that they're both really like funny and. I just think they would be like they both show up and they'd be like, huh, huh, and they'd just be like, they're both they're both different, slightly different Spider-Man humors. Would just go like, can you imagine like them and then somebody else just showing up and be like, can you guys shut up? <laughs> like, I so I I think I think because we all always we also mentioned um, Tobey Maguire, right? Yeah. I think um, what I would want to see, not him come back as another Spider-Man, but have him come back as. Uncle Ben. Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire's Uncle Ben. But we're not talking multiverse. Now we're talking recasting, right? No, because we we don't we, we, we don't have, have a casting. Seen Uncle Ben? We've never seen that's Uncle actually, Ben. That's actually a good point. And he's he'd be the same age as um, Marissa Mar- Tomei. Would he? Hold on, I gotta check that out. Oh Inter- my god! Interesting. Oh my god. If, that, if that's true, I'm gonna lose my shit. I would. That's what I wanted. I, I do want to see Andrew Garfield come back as Spider Man, and and like you said, have that same kind of like banter back and forth between him and Tom Holland. Um, I think. Now they're ten years apart. Well, whatever. I mean, they still look. He's <laughs> like Tobey Maguire still looks relatively young, but I think um, th- having three Spider Men, especially in the third one, when like the focus should mainly be on Tom Holland, is going to be a little overkill. But I would love, even if it was just like a flashback, because we don't really know what Tom Tobey Maguire is doing nowadays. But if if it was like a flashback and have him show up as Uncle Ben, I would lose my shit. I will say this: uh, I at present, at present, we only have one more film with tom holland in the mcu then that needs to happen like that that would be so dope because i think, don't know think of it this way if they decide to do the multiverse mm-hmm. or they do it uh the way you're doing it you basically shove all the spider-mans in one film and then you can have miles morales take over from there interesting i mean i'm game for morales morales kind of taking over Actually, wait, no, they can't do that because that's still part of sony yeah, uh, the thing is, I I I'm not feeling the Uncle Ben vibe because you will. You will. <laughs> for me, it feels like it feels like a recasting, right? Like, like yes, we've never seen who, no, we've never no. But what I'm saying is, you're gonna have Andrew Garfield come in right uh-huh. as Spider Man. So we're gonna say we're gonna take from the existing movies and bring the characters in with the actors who played them into this film. Uh-huh. Then I'm gonna be like Tobey Maguire, Spider Man. Like it's, it's gonna go through my head, and then I'm gonna be like. He's like not Spider Man. Like I can see him playing an older Spider Man who plays a you know Uncle Ben like role. But I would mentally be thinking, yeah, okay. But when you gonna put on a suit? Like you know, like I wouldn't think of him as Uncle Ben. That's for me a recasting. Yes, we've not seen who this Uncle Ben is. But also my other point is, I don't think he could get Tomei any day of the week. Okay, he does not look like he could get her. Okay, <laughs> like there's not. Yeah, a lot of wait, hold on, hold on. She <laughs> she has a relationship with Happy. Are you telling me that Tobey Maguire can't pull, but Happy can? Come the fuck on, nigga. Come on, yo. Like that's not happening anytime soon, bro. You, you, you like, know if she's ready to settle for Happy. Yeah, you, come on. You know, you know what? That, that, you know what? No, Omar, hold up. You know what? That is that is a fair point. I forgot about Happy. <laughs> I forgot about Happy. 
But I mean, he did work for Tony Stark, so that gives him a huge leg up. In in Marcy's defense, she was like a widower, and this nice guy was like knows her son, her like her suit, a surrogate son. Yeah, so that, that, that's a step down, then, bro. He's like Tobey Maguire. Yo, I gave him a chance. He died. So fuck, I gotta go even lower. I gotta lower my standards even more and go for happy. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, I, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just feel like, like, Happy has. I don't know. I just feel like I see, I see Tobey Maguire sitting beside her, and you just look at him and be like, "How the fuck did you get her, bro?" Guy, <laughs> put Happy and Aunt May side by side. Where in in reality of fucks is that ever going to be a thing? Man, have you not seen DJ Khaled? He's got a wife. Like you know, these big men be pulling and long. Okay, they got extra confidence and they know good food. <laughs> oh man, I'm just trying to find. Okay, yeah, there's actually a character who would fit. Wait, uh, uh, I think uh, who said that uh, Toby Toby McGuire playing like an older Spider-Man type character. That's me. Uh, Darcy. Yeah. So Darcy, there is actually a character called Ezekiel in the comics, and he also has spider powers, almost identical to Peter. But like, he didn't become a hero; he used it to become a businessman. And you know, became- we're, we're not going to see Tobey Maguire as anything but the original Peter Parker. Like, I'm sorry, he can't come on the screen and be like, "Yeah, hi, I'm." Ezekiel. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> Ezekiel. <laughs> No, you're Peter, <laughs> you're Peter Parker. Get it straight. You're Peter Parker. Two P's, okay? Make it easy. <laughs> okay, so, uh, well, nonetheless, we're happy w- with the exciting news that we'll get Jamie Foxx for Spider-Man 3, potentially Andrew Garfield. I agree. Those, like, the two British guys who are pretending to be Americans definitely know how to kill it in terms of being Spider-Man. All right, so if we have time, let's let's get through the extraction review. Cool. So what do you, you think? What do you think? <laughs> I got the whole review. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. Like uh, considering that this film was like um, basically uh, set in India and had uh, like granted I'm Pakistan, my family is Pakistan, but like uh, India has very similar cultural aspects to it. And also watching Bollywood films like growing up has made me somewhat attuned. I have to say that I found the film to be really, really fun. Uh, the action sequences were awesome. It is so nice to see uh, Chris Hemsworth just like shutting things down. <laughs> it's like, wow! Like he finally is using his like his build in a non like I'm gonna smash things. It's like I'm gonna fuck people up. Yeah. And uh, did he ever? And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it just um. I'm not gonna say that the story was basic, but to be honest, like you didn't really need that much story in one of these like gotta keep the people, gotta protect the the package sort of situations. Mm-hmm. And you know, it. I liked how they had like the dude who uh, like who actually worked for his dad, who actually wasn't trying to kill the kid. He just was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to pay because I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, okay, that's a that's a unique uh, switch. Uh, I loved the, the Iranian act- actress they got to be. Um, uh, Chris Hemsworth's like handler. She was badass, and um, yeah, just like, just re- like the film was great action sequences one after the other, and that's really all I really wanted. So I was happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm I, I'm with you on everything you just said. I also love how um, did they did they also incorporate the guys from Raid Redemption? I feel like uh, that was a detail. They incorporate them into some of the stunt choreography. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised because honestly, like aside from like Old Guard and John Wick, uh, like it was that level in terms of like uh, action sequences that I really liked. Yeah, it was so good. Like the one shots mm-hmm. and stuff like that that they, they they filmed and stitched together were really really good. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. go on. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, like, I love the fact that, like, even though you could tell CG definitely was taking part in a lot of it, the long take fight sequences were awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't. Sorry, go on. I don't think there was a lot of CG. I was looking into it. There was they they did have CG, obviously, but I don't think it was there was a lot more practical than most films. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because it was directed by a stunt guy. So they they I watched some of the behind the scenes. There wasn't a ton of CG. They, 
that you would think in some of those film scenes. I think I think you may have anticipated it being, but I don't think it, it quite was. It might have just been some of the editing to stitch it together. It might have stood out a little bit at, at certain mm-hmm. points. T. Yeah, I just didn't, I didn't realize how badly I needed to see Chris Hemsworth going hand in hand, like doing hand to hand combat. Because I realized, like, I was like, why is it? Why do I like this so much? And I realized, like, you know, through the span of like the Marvel movies, like we've only ever seen him like wield the hammer and maybe do like one or two punches, but we've never seen him really wreck shop and like, you know, be just folding dudes like the way he did and like the 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 hits like were so impactful. You could felt every hit that was happening right and so damn darcy i i'm sorry tactics i i think you're not even exaggerating like i can only think of like a couple punches he's thrown and one of them was yeah like all of them was with hulk yeah other than that it's always him just wielding the hammer or using lightning like or the axe or the axe you rarely ever saw him go hand like hand-to-hand combat with somebody and yeah. it was always like a big gesture where it's like people are going yeah. flying. He's not like, you know, having to like dodge people. Like that knife fight with the brown dude, I was just like, yes. Yeah. So when yeah. I when I when I found it, like when I saw the trailer for the well, not even when I saw the trailer, when I heard about the movie, I was kind of like, mm, you know, I was a little apprehensive because I'm just like, is he even really a fighter? I've never seen him really do any kind of like stunt work in that regard. And then I saw the movie and I was like, holy, this is like like what Darcy was saying. It's like on a like raid type of level in terms of the fight choreography that happened so i was like wow i was super impressed with that didn't know he had it in him yeah i and i can kind of see where the raid thing comes in because like with the rake uh like when he was in the, oh, like, yeah. the room <laughs> when he was in the room like killing all the people trying to get the kid and like yeah. he finds the rake and then i was like <laughs> yeah this reminds me of the door scene yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I remember when that, that that went off and like and then we watch raid and i was just like oh Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like lost it. You know the thing. Actually, you're saying like, who does? How many people have done hand to hand combat in the MCU? Captain, Captain America, Captain America, and and, and like uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah, and and, and Black Widow. Or, like, who else really does? Like, Falcon barely does any hand to hand combat. You've seen, seen a little bit with Hawkeye, Black Panther, Black Panther. Yeah, oh, Black Panther, hands down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, there's just like not a lot of characters because like you like to get see Thor do hand to hand combat, you need somebody who's equally as powerful but isn't the Hulk, right? Yeah. Like, they, like, because you can't go hand to hand and do like intricate hand to hand combat with the Hulk one because he's a CG character. So how are you gonna like CG all these like hand movements and arms mm-hmm. folding without it looking weird? Yeah, well, they did it, that in Infinity War to a certain extent with um him and Thanos, but. Yeah, yeah, but those were like those were big. Yeah, movies. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, because like, he's not a martial artist, right? So you can't really. But also, like, look. yeah, because like, the thing is, like, since they're the only like, like you're saying, like, the only people he can actually fight hand to hand are people either much bigger than him who are clearly CG or Loki. But he, like Loki's never been at that level of power, so yeah. he like you you definitely need, and also like the only time we've got, ever got to see like proper hand-to-hand fighting was with Winter Soldier against Captain America. Like that's when we were just like, yeah. 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 You'll see a little bit with black widow at times too. And but she's always definitely... spinning people around, like spinning around yeah. people and stuff. I mean, the pro- the next best thing then is, is, is black Panther, um, Killmonger. I mean, yeah. that was a, the, the best fight was a C- like the longest fight. Sorry. It was a CGI fight, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, cause then it didn't, it didn't, hold the same weight that a normal fight would have so i just remember uh when black panther was fighting uh winter soldier uh when they're both like just in civvies and they're like uh, they're in the building and like they're just like going to town on each other and like he like throws them over for the balcony and then Mm -hmm. he turns around the guy's gone i'm like yo yeah yeah i'm gonna be sad not having to make captain america films anymore just to not get freaking like a good hand-to-hand combat. Well, yeah. uh, they're doing uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah, hopefully that comes out really well in terms of that stuff. And what uh, what's that other one? Shang Chi or Shang Chi's oh, coming out? Yeah, too, so yeah. that's gonna be like you know, there there's you gonna go. be some good fight scenes in there. Oh god, I really hope so because what was the last like uh, martial arts movie that was? Oh, okay, Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> The worst martial artist ever. <laughs> just yeah. don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. I, yeah. I just I just remember um, the fight in Defenders between him and Daredevil. And I'm like, yo, how is Daredevil schooling you right now? And you're like a fucking martial arts martial artist that's been trained by monks. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He's supposed to be a guy who defeated a dragon. And Daredevil's <laughs> taking him out. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It 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 just. You know what I hope for Shang Chi? Like that they get like I, I, this is always my favorite. But like, can you get the guys from Raid who did the choreo to come in? Yeah. <laughs> just, like, like, and you don't have to make it. It doesn't have to be gruesome and gory and all that kind of stuff. Like, look, like look, but, John Wick Three had like those care like the, like the actors who were in the fights for uh like uh the raid his fans <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i'm just like <laughs> yeah i love that yo sorry what 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 about that his fans you love sorry so, no they, they, they were fanatics of john wick they were like, oh. like they were trained to kick his ass basically but the right. thing was like they like uh their their leader who was like the ball dude who was like clearly a fan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, an absolute honor i'm a big fan like how'd i do and i was like so you know the thing is and john wick's like such a great example because um it's one of the films that really goes after making it real right like mm -hmm. the way gunfights would actually go um trying to take like take into account like muzzle flashes which is a real thing like just really like the weight of like when a fight gets heavy and hard like the actual like drain on the body mm -hmm. just that stuff is like when it's so real like that it feels so much better you can have so much less actually happen and you you remember it way more and that's what happened in extraction like you saw them tired you saw them like get like when they're like the dude got hit by a truck and like he like he, he didn't get back up and he was like oh he was just like he was out for a while like yeah. he came back a little bit later and like uh chris hamworth he disappeared for a while because he fell out of a building and he was like kind of like on the ground for a while and then he came back with a truck and knocked the guy over so it's mm -hmm. like you, you there's the realism there and like mm -hmm. and the knife fight was scary because it's like yo he had like a curved knife the other guy had a big ass dagger yeah i didn't know who was the root for in that fight yeah and and knives are like sometimes they say more dangerous than guns right